welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel and today I want to talk about the adductor magnus. It's an interesting muscle. Um, the key um, facts about the adductor magnus that I wanted to mention were that there is a front portion and a posterior portion that there's a there's a pubic um, attachment and then there's an attachment at the uh, ischial tuberosity and there's two different innervations um, the front portion is innervated by the obturator nerve and then the posterior portion is innervated by the sciatic nerve um, some people call the posterior portion of the adductor magnus the fourth hamstring um, and it is innervated by the the same nerves as the hamstring and the the um, direction of the fibers is fairly vertical like the hamstrings um, whereas the front portion has two separate um, directions of fibers um, there's a very um, very upper or um, proximal section that is more horizontal and then the the biggest part of the front portion of the adductor magnus is uh, at an oblique angle, going all the way down to just above the knee. Um, so the the upper part that is more horizontal, like um, like a, more like a pectineous angle, um, attaches to the medial portion of the gluteal tuberosity, where the lower parts of the glutes attach, and then. The rest of that front portion that, that has an oblique angle attaches to the linea aspera in the back. And then there's a supracondylar um, connection right above the, the condyle of the femur, the medial condyle. And then the, um, there's a little adductor uh, tubercle. Um, but the main point here is that like, mo like all the adductors, it helps um, pelvic stabilization when walking, um, which basically just says, you know, keeps your hips from dipping down when you're walking. Your adductor, um, adductors and your abductors, like the gluteus medius, gluteus minimus, and the TFL, they work together to keep your pelvis in alignment when you're walking. So the adductors are very important pelvic stabilizers when you're standing or running. Um, now, what's interesting, though, is that the posterior part acts more like a hamstring, um, which I wanted to mention because if you're working with athletes and they're really looking for power, they're looking for explosive strength um, coming out of a squat, 
So that could be somebody, it could be, it could be a skater or hockey player. It could be a football player. It could be a power lifter who want, who needs to get up out of the hole when they're down in a deep squat. Um, that movement, when the hip is flexed and the glutes are stretched and the hamstrings are stretched, the adductor magnus is really the, the strong muscle, the strong hip extensor that's going to get you up out of the hole. So making sure that someone's adductor magnus, especially that posterior segment, is functioning and firing properly it gives them a lot more explosive power. And it's, it's a muscle that's prone to shortening, which would make it weak. So um, for athletes, really, really pay attention to the adductor magnus when you're suspecting something with a hamstring. Very often, adductor magnus is also involved, or you'll think that it's a high hamstring issue when it's really actually an adductor magnus issue, because they really are very similar in that area. Um, the front part of the adductor magnus can help hip flexion so the posterior part can help with hip extension especially with the hips flexed and the front part helps with hip flexion so they're they all they both heads will adduct but the front part can help hip flexion so for runners you'll find that the at the front part of the adductor magnus can get tight and short. And then that can lead to all sorts of things like a knee valgus situation or valgus strain that starts to cause uh, medial knee pain. If the gracilis is involved, there may also be like a pezanserine issue. Um, so really the front portion of the adductors are to be considered for things um, regarding adduction and hip flexion. Um, interesting notes about trigger points in the adductors um, you'll see you'll see um, sort of a high hamstring strain um, pain on the ischial tuberosity pain on sitting pain on explosive um, movements like jumping or or sprinting um, it can be the hamstrings of course um, but that adductor magnus is very often involved, especially if someone's injured themselves doing something explosive like um, hill sprints, anything where the hips are flexed. Think of um, cyclists, um, competitive cycling. Like you're really, you're bent forward, the hips are really flexed. A lot of that strength is coming from the adductor magnus. It's not all glutes and hamstrings. Um, so really for, for the pain on the ischial tuberosity, you gotta check the hamstrings and that, that posterior ischial condyle, um, condylar um, connection from the um, back of the adductor magnus. Um, if, you're, if you're familiar with uh, the trigger point um, handbook from Travell and Simons, um, you'll know that there's some really unusual um, pain referrals from the adductor magnus that you don't see in a lot of muscles. That can be um, rectal pain, vaginal pain, testicular pain, um, a lot of internal pelvic pain. So when you have a patient who's been cleared by doctors of anything um, nefarious and they're still having this pain, you really want to search for trigger points in the upper part 
of the adductor magnus. And in my experience, it, it can be either the posterior or the anterior part. Um, I think most of the, of the genital pain, um, except for the testicular pain, is usually from the posterior part that goes to the ischial tuberosity. Um, I feel like the anterior part is the one that I've seen causing testicular pain. I remember um, treating a, a power lifter, competitive power lifter, who um, he felt the ad adductor strain on the squat and then immediately had testicular pain on that side. And he texted me and said, I think I hurt myself and I'm, I'm getting pain in my, um, he didn't say testicles, but it is testicle. Um, and sure enough, you know, uh, treatment with trigger point release of the adductor uh, resolved the pain, um, testicular and the adductor strain. Um, and um, I think that the posterior part is more likely to cause rectal pain, vaginal pain, um, pelvic pain, pain during sex, um, especially for women. Um, it'll feel like internal pelvic pain when there's trigger points in that upper um, proximal part of the posterior segment of the, the adductor magnus. Um, trying to think if there's something else I wanted to mention there. Um, adductor magnus is just really, really important and it's easy to overlook adductors. Um, it's easy to get focused on just the, the abductors, the glutes, TFL, hip flexors, and quads. But adductors are very, very important, and they are prone to shortening. So short, tight adductors inhibit your abduction. So that's going to inhibit your glute medius. Uh, your glute min is going to get tight, fighting against tight adductors. And... Um, tight adductors can put your knee into a valgus strain. If you see somebody doing a squat and their knees are collapsing in, it could be more than just weak abduction. It's very likely short adductors. So you really want to pay attention to that. And, and um, you know, you, you have to palpate your patients um, with, with proper communication so they know exactly what you're going to do and why. There is no reason you can't palpate the upper proximal segment of the adductor magnus and just explain that this is what we're this is why we're doing it and believe me when people are living with that kind of pain pelvic pain um, they're not shy about um, somebody working on them especially when you're probably the first person who ever discovered the source of their problem so I won't go into the needling techniques for that, but just know that you mostly you're going to be grasping the needle, grasping the muscle and to pull it away from the body. Um, you need to learn in, in person. I really feel like it's important to know um, exactly where you are and have somebody confirm it. Somebody who's done it hundreds of times can point it where you want to go and what direction you want to needle because there are nerves, arteries, and veins in that medial um, thigh area. Um, oh, that said, um, you, you can sometimes see, uh, femoral nerve impingement tingling because of the adductors being tight. So there's, there's this adductor canal that, that the nerve comes through and I think it actually can impinge the vascular, um, 
um, blood flow there as well. But of course, that's that's something that a doctor really needs to um, be working on. But if you have somebody who gets tingling down the medial portion of their thigh, it can very well be um, femoral um, irritation by that tight adductors pushing on the, the, the adductor canal. Um, so I guess that is everything. Oh, no, I want to mention one, one other case. Um, I had a high school athlete who had strained his hamstring and he, um, had been through physical therapy and his mother was really just, you know, frustrated that he wasn't getting better. He was still, he could still run, but when he, after, during the, during the game and after the game, he'd have a lot of hamstring pain, um, upper hamstring pain and pulling. Um, it was just uncomfortable for him. So when I first saw him, I tested just his, just hamstring length, um, by, you know, lying him on his back and lifting his ankle up passive range of motion just to see if we got to 90 degrees. Um, on, on the good side, I didn't, I didn't get to 90 degrees. It was more like um, 70 or, or maybe 80, but not 90. And on the injured side, it was even worse. Um, I treated his hamstrings and just, uh, you know, I just want to explain why I think I missed the adductor issue on the first visit. Um, I, because his mother had already told me it was a hamstring um, strain and that they'd been f through physical therapy for it. So I was pretty much just trusting that because I'm not, I'm not that skeptical, not that cynical that I'm going to say, oh, they got it wrong. Um, so I was treating the hamstrings for him and he felt better in the treatment room. He, we got a little bit better passive range of motion on the, on that, that hamstring um, after the treatment. So I thought, okay, he'll probably be fine. And, you know, teenagers, they bounce back so fast. You just release the muscles, they go away, and they're great. Well, he wasn't great. His mother reached out a few days later to say he's still having pain when he runs. I said, okay, come in. I, I fit them in. And I told her, I'm not, I'm not going to charge you. I, I think, you know, I want to see what's going on here. I, I think I missed something. So when he came in, I decided, okay, throw out the diagnosis and just consider everything that could be involved here and really, you know, think, think it through as if nobody had told me it was a hamstring injury. And I decided look at adductor magnus because it's that fourth hamstring. Um, I said, listen, I know this is not what you were told, but I need to, I need to um, confirm that there's a, an adductor magnus issue. And I asked the, um, the 16 year old athlete, if, if he ever had any pain on the back inner part of his thigh and he did. And I said, do you mind if I just push, I just want to push on this muscle and you tell me if it's tender or painful. So I pushed on the adductor magnus from the inner part of his thigh in the like middle, middle range. And he said, yes, it's really sore there. I said, okay, I'm going to push on the other side. I want you to just tell me if it's the same. He said, no, there's no pain on the other side at all. I said, okay, so this is what I want to do. I want to treat as if this is an adductor issue more than just a hamstring issue, okay? And um, uh, long story short, I treated the adductor. His leg went so far beyond 90 degrees of hip flexion when I did the hamstring length test again. It was unbelievable. 
So of course I treated the other side just to get it back to even. But then his mother, his mother was both excited and angry. She was, she was excited that he felt better and that he um, was clearly happy that he felt better. But then she was kind of frustrated. She was, she said, how could they have missed this? Like, how, how did they, how did they not see that? How has this not been part of the diagnosis? And I, I just said, you know, I, I don't really, you know, I can't say like what, what they were thinking. There probably was a high hamstring injury and they were rehabbing that. And I think along the way, they just, you know, just didn't assume that there would be anything beyond the hamstring injury. And there was, and his adductor Magnus may have gotten tight as a compensation for the hamstring injury. So I would say, you know, it's no one to blame. I just think it was a little more complicated than your usual hamstring injury. And, you know, hopefully he's going to feel much better. And if he's not, then come see me. And I'm not going to charge you for this visit because I feel like I missed something. And I shouldn't have just gone along with the the, the initial diagnosis. I really should have um, um, decided to test out other theories. Part of my problem there was that when I'm working with teenage athletes, I like to use as few needles as possible. So I, I feel like I feel for them. I, I, I can't imagine getting acupuncture as a teenager. I don't know if I could have done it. Um, and I just try to use very few needles. So for him, it was really, I think I used four needles for his hamstrings um, with him with with one just for one leg. Because I just, it was his first acupuncture visit ever, and I'm using electric stimulation. So that's my explanation. It's not an excuse. I I feel like I um, could have done better that first visit. And I, you know, had he been a 20 year old athlete, I would have probably gone through a lot more manual muscle testing and just thrown out what the PT said. I'd have, you know, but like I said, for, for teenage athletes, I really like to just do few, few needles very short amount of time for electric stim just so that they're not freaking out um but there you have it it uh, it was more of an adductor magnus issue at the end that was keeping him in pain and i can't say that he didn't it wasn't that he had a hamstring injury i believe he did Um, it was healed but the adductor magnus was just overworking to compensate so um that's it for today I hope I said something that was of interest to you. Um, Follow me on Instagram, Rich Hazel. Or um, if you ever want to email me, please uh, email rich at richhazel.com. I enjoy hearing your case studies and, you know, what you're getting from this podcast. Um, And that's it. I hope you have a great week.